Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Record Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Well, Trey, I hope no one will require Asher service tonight. As much as we value them as a customer or as a uh, advertiser, while people flock to Bud Walton Arena tonight for the game, let's hope everybody gets there safely and gets out safely. What do you think? Everybody but LSU. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can get out safely. You know, it, it, it is interesting. Yeah, just wounded, uh, beaten, beaten and battered. How about that? <laughs> you know, it, it, the Kentucky. And I'm talking e- about their pride. Sure. The, <laughs> the Kentucky exit the other day with their team leaving with 4.4 mm-hmm. seconds to go, which I thought was fine. The game was over yeah. and all that. That did create some interesting national dialogue. I was surprised by that. I've listened to, I listened uh, on Monday. I was listening to a couple national radio programs and and they were talking about that was that the right thing to do and all that kind of stuff and and i i didn't even debate it so you think about uh that game and the auburn game we probably have not given enough credit on our show we've given a little credit but not enough for the job the ua safety department did in getting Mm -hmm. auburn off when there were people everywhere and getting kentucky off when there weren't people everywhere Uh, they do a good job of that Everybody loves to try to find ways to be offended, don't they? I mean, was it It was completely obvious what they were doing. I mean, to me, I, at the time, I thought, you know, okay, this is, you know, safety deal. They're, they're just trying to get off the court because, you know, they had security guards lined up all the way around, like more than you would normally see uh, to prevent yeah. people from storming the court. They didn't want to do it this time. Yeah. So, uh, and I've seen security guards line up like that before and, you know, make sure that everybody makes it to the court safely and, you know, kind of gives everybody a little bit of time to get off. But uh, I, I thought that's why they were doing it. Cal actually said after the game it was, uh, you know, COVID issue. Um, they played uh, Kansas earlier in the year, and uh, one of the players basically played with COVID, you know, because he tested later. And so it was just like, um, you know, a way of and, – and it's also something that he – uh, I believe addressed with Musselman uh, before the game. Musselman didn't seem to have any problem with it, but again, people love to find reasons for controversy or to be offended or something. I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, especially since it was discussed before. It's not like Detroit Pistons walking off the court, um, you know, after the Chicago Bulls beat them. It's it's a totally different thing. Now, wait a minute. What, what did COVID have to do with this? What did what? What, what you COVID. said? Calipari brought up. Oh, COVID. Calipari what mentioned. What you know, have to do with it? Just limiting. And that's that's the thing that kind of sounds a little ridiculous, just because you're out there, you know, banging with each other. Yeah, they're breathing um, in each other's faces. Good ex- grief! Exactly. Um, but he had kind of indicated that uh, you know the handshake line at the end of the game may may be something they want to avoid. It doesn't make it, this whole COVID thing doesn't make any that sense to me totally in the first place. Ridiculous. I mean, you can walk into you got to walk into the restaurant with your mask on. Well, now I guess things have, have started to change, but um, when you sit down, you can take your mask off. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how disease works. I guess <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. but Cal does, I guess. Obviously, COVID is more spread by a handshake than food. Yeah, because <laughs> because you can't eat with a mask on. That that would be interesting. They didn't uh, they didn't go quite that far, but you're right. Yeah. Well, that's that that's interesting. I I, I you know hey if. We're seeing more of that 
with players and coaches just kind of waving at each other at the end of the game. We're, mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of that. And muscle, Arkansas has had that happen several times. At Florida, mm-hmm. Razorbacks won. Uh, two coaches kind of got closer to each other, but then just kind of waved and went off. And I don't have a problem with that. If, mm-hmm. But as long as you acknowledge each other in a sportsmanlike way, are we going to see, now that COVID is kind of uh, dying as a subject, are, are we going to see – more of that with players not congregating after the game and saying anything to each other? I don't know. I mean, I coach a third-grade girls' basketball team. Uh, yeah, me and Musselman are just exactly the same on the same level, I guess. <laughs> um, but my girls, after the game, win or lose, we line up and, you know, we slap hands. And I think that's important just to show them, you know, sportsmanship and, um, you know, but I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have been adjusted. I still don't know if I'm you know, f- shaking hands or fist bumping. I, I have so many awkward <laughs> handshakes now yeah. where somebody comes in with a fist and I come in with a handshake. You know, it's just like, and you're back and forth. It's just still don't know what to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, people are rewriting all the all the rules for, uh, you know, sportsmanship and greetings and all kinds of stuff. Well, I don't know. Marcus watches a lot of NFL football, and mm-hmm. I watched more this year than I ever have, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the games, those guys were all mixing. To, it's, I don't know if that's they know each other or they're in the same profession. The quarterbacks are always going to talk. I don't know whether yeah. they know each other or not. But they always congregate together on the field. The coaches have the briefest time. They come shake hands with each other, and then they leave. But there are players out there for a long time. That doesn't seem like they were too into that. Changing jerseys and yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know the quarterbacks. That's kind of an exclusive club. It's kind of like you probably can't really understand what it's like to have that weight um, as a quarterback on your shoulders. And so I, I imagine that's you know, you know, two people that can understand each other, and probably the only people that can really talk to each other about a win or a loss. So um, I can understand that dynamic. But um, yeah, pros are. A little bit. Do- I don't know. They do it in college too. I mean, where sure you know, they guys do. go up to. Yeah. Well, these guys. But a lot of those guys know each other through recruiting and stuff like that. Right. So they're well, usually playing teams that are somewhat close to you, proximity-wise, or recruited by similar schools. Or and they these play pros, with each other they, on team, same team a lot a of these guys yeah. live in the mm-hmm. same cities in the off season. Mm. A lot of them train with. Some of them train together. Train yes. together, yeah. centers. It, I mean, it, it, listen, it's it's one way on the field, but. <laughs> But they're human beings, and they know each other, and they, a lot of them have the same agents or know the same agents. Mm-hmm. You know, even in in college, um, you play well, all star playing all star like, games. You train together for the combine. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys they know each other and have known each other for a long time. Like you're never going to see a press conference with like two opposing teams, you know. But like Instagram Live nowadays, I mean, I've seen Jalen Catalan. I don't know who the player was from Texas A and M. But I was watching an Instagram live one day with Jalen Catalan and a Texas A&M player who knew each other from <laughs> really? you know, whenever, you know, just, oh, yeah. The Instagram the live they stuff played? Was, Wasn't the week they played, was it? No, it was, this was a few weeks ago. Um, okay. They were actually talking about, you know, a lot of different topics. They were talking about Traylon Burks and, you know, what kind of 40 time that he would run at the Combine, which I think they both agree that he would run a sub 4-4. Four, four. It's tomorrow, um, isn't it? I think he, it's tomorrow. he runs, yep. yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he did his media interview today, this morning. Um, we've got an article on that on Hog Sports, just some of the things that he talked about. He's asked about anything from his tattoos to, um, you know, the name of his first dog, which I guess is one of his tattoos. <laughs> um, 
you know, to uh, the size of his hands, of course, and his relationship with Mike Woods and his meeting with the Patriots, all kinds of different things. But uh, he's been there since Monday for quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers. So, and so he's, he's been there since Monday, and then they he's been meeting with teams. He'll meet with teams still today, and then tomorrow's bench press and on-field. Did you say he's going to run sub 4-4? Four, four? Well, that's what Catalan and uh, this Texas A&M, uh, I think he was a defensive back. Uh, that's what they were saying. Oh, he wow. Would, if he, he does. Oh, if oh, he does, man. he'll – well, everybody in Arkansas is expecting him to shoot up draft boards. Well, I mean, that's what everybody around here thinks. If he runs 4-3 anything, yeah, he's going to explode the draft board. No I've question. seen him ranked as high as number – as eight. It's about people picking the draft. I've seen him as yep. ranked as low as 24, but I've seen him ranked as high as eight. Yeah, it seems lately he's kind of settled in between about 8 and 19 on all the stuff that I've seen him at. Um, so Pretty big difference in money between 8 and 19, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. I mean, um, the, Either the way, trick is if you're going to be drafted at the bottom of the first round, you want to go at the top of the second, mm-hmm. ideally, versus yeah, the bottom that, of the first. That, well, but I've if you go you. to the bottom of the first, you're with a better team, aren't you? You're with a better team, but if you're going to be a good player, it's better to be at the top of the second because – you can't do that fifth-year option on the contract. So the, oh, your second contract comes up sooner. I see. Okay. If you're going to be good. If you're not going to be good, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Take the money and run, right? Right. Okay, let's talk to David and Conway. He's got a question for Trey Biddy. Hi, David. Uh, how are you all doing this evening, gentlemen? Great. Uh, good to hear. Um, y'all were talking about earlier uh, specific like a club or an understanding with another player on the field. Y'all were talking mm-hmm. about quarterbacks. And my mind went to um, whenever Cam Little comforted or went oh, over yeah. and talked to yeah. the Mississippi State kicker. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was a very – I mean, nobody else out there besides the other Mississippi State kicker. And um, <laughs> Nobody's the, uh, talking to that kickoff. kicker. <laughs> Nobody's talking to that kicker. Hey, but aren't you <laughs> Except glad for Cam was, Little. <laughs> hey, aren't you glad he was consoling him yeah. instead of congratulating him? That was uh, It's much yeah. better for Arkansas that way. Well, hopefully exactly. it would have been the other way around. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Cam Little knows just like that kicker knows that nobody's talking to him after that. And even Mike Leach, you know, after the oh. game, so they're holding tryouts Amazing. for a new kicker. And uh, my other question for Trey was um, I heard that uh, LSU has a point guard coming back tonight. Um, I just was wondering who's going to be the matchup on him tonight, and uh, I'll take that answer off there. Y'all have a great evening. You know, wouldn't it wouldn't it be interesting if Michael Leach, after a game, said, you know, right, immediately after a game, we're, we got open competition for a new quarterback. <laughs> o- wide open competition, whoever wants You know, wants he it. might do that. He, but he, I, even as mouthy as he is, I don't think he'd say it publicly. He might, he might, in practice, decide we got a new need a new quarterback. But I don't think he would ever, after a game, say that. Do you, Mike Leach? I guess he might. <laughs> <laughs> he, might he might say anything. Yeah, we got we got to remember who they're who they're talking about. Um, I'm not sure who's coming back for them. For they they got Penson, Murray, Wilkinson, Days, yeah, P- Reed. Yeah, P- yeah, Pinson's Pinson? coming back. He did not yeah. play in the game at Fayetteville. Or in, okay. uh, and Rouge, he's the former Missouri player. Who averaged 20 a game against Arkansas last year. Yeah. 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 So he is He is back. So he, he's, he's been back, but he didn't play last time against Arkansas. That's correct. He didn't yeah. play last time, nor did Musselman coach in that game. No, nope, he Rouge. didn't. Keith Smart did. Yep. 
That's right. So you got uh, Musselman back at full strength, and you got LSU back at full strength. Yeah. You know, the, the danger here, don't you think, Trey, is people just assume Arkansas, because they've won, is going to win. Uh, this is not going to be an easy game. LSU, no. LSU's playing really well right now. I, I mean, there really aren't any easy games. I mean, if no. you don't bring your A game, you can get beat by Georgia. I mean, Auburn almost got beat by Georgia, which yeah. are you still standing by Auburn has no chance against – or excuse me, Mississippi State has no chance against Auburn? I think Auburn will beat Mississippi State. I, I, do they have a chance? Hey, if there's two teams on the court, you have a chance. But I think mm-hmm. Auburn will definitely win, yes. Yeah. I, it is interesting. Auburn's, you know, been so good. But they did almost lose to Georgia. They almost lost to yeah. Missouri, who, That's right. you know, are teams that – um, you know, a lot of teams are just blowing out of the water. But uh, that's two interesting games. I mean, if if Arkansas takes care of business, and, you know, not to focus on that other game too much, but if Arkansas right. takes care of business, then, I mean, at worst, they're the that moves seed. Arkansas ahead to first place. If, if Auburn would lose tonight. If, right. Ar- and, if Arkansas wins and Auburn loses tonight, then Arkansas is in first place. And the games are at the same time, I believe. Yeah, 8 o'clock. I think they're both 8 o'clock. So Arkansas is ESPN2, I believe, and is, is uh, Auburn on SEC Network? I'm not sure where Auburn is. So you can – well, it's in Alabama. But I'm talking about for the game tonight. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus didn't – hey, if yeah, I've been, there, I'd have got buzzed for that. So I've been there, unfortunately. I'm sorry. There's no easy way to get to Auburn. Yeah. That's right. That one, that one definitely sticks out. That's right, but, <laughs> but I think I think if both games are at eight o'clock, I got to believe that Auburn's game's on uh, SEC Network, so you can just flip back and forth and keep up with it. By the way, if you're trying to keep up with baseball, Arkansas uh, went to bat in the bottom of the fourth, trailing two to one. Uh, they they were still batting last time Nothing I checked, more. and they they had scored five runs and led six yep. to two. So they're playing Omaha today, play Southeastern Louisiana, I believe it is this weekend. So. If you were looking for listening to that game, you can go to Buzz 2 on that. Okay, so um, spring football still, today's March the 2nd, so we're still 11 mm-hmm. days away. And I asked you this yesterday, do we know anything that's going on? And <clears throat> you, we really don't know a lot that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't even know what you can say about football at this point. Yeah, I imagine they're going to get a little bit of a time just on past experience um, this coming week. Um, as they, you know, look ahead to, to spring break. But usually it's about an eight-week cycle. Uh, Pittman may do it a little different. I don't know if he's ever commented exactly on the length of it, but usually it works out to about eight weeks in the winter and then eight weeks in the summer when they get back at it uh, before fall camp. So all we know is some different um, weights here and there. Uh, we know that Landon Rogers is listed as a wide receiver instead of a tight end now. And... Uh, I mean, we kind of went over some of the, the key fluctuations with mm-hmm. weights yesterday, so I don't want to go over that again. But um, that would be pretty much it. And then uh, as far as the spring schedule, they're going to go that Sunday. They'll go Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then they're supposed to do some gatherings, small walkthrough or something Thursday is how it was put to me. But it won't count as a practice, I guess. They get 15 practices. So that's Thursday. And then they'll send them off for spring break, and they come back after spring break, and then it's every pretty typical schedule every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Usually Saturdays are are scrimmages. Um, And then April 16th will be the open practice, which isn't listed as the red-white game. As you noted, 
1972, I think, in Little Rock was the first red-white game. I think they oh, oh, had one back to the 60s. I think I just oh, was it farther seven, back? In, in 72, they drew 31,000. I, I think it could go oh, okay, back to gotcha. the 60s, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that I can remember not having, like, red-white game, at least on the schedule. I know it's it got moved kind of one year uh, to the indoor facility because of weather, but um, it's not on the schedule. So it's going to be an open practice the 16th. That will be the 12th practice. So it'll start with Hogfest at 8, and then the 12th practice at 11. And then the next week they'll go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday with three more practices after, which I can't ever remember after, like, a red-white game anyway. Technically this isn't a red-white game. But I can't ever remember them holding three practices after a red-white no. game. A I know that they have one. done one, yeah, one. yeah to yeah. go back mm-hmm. and correct some stuff. Uh, but I've never seen – I've never seen three whole practices a full week after, so a little bit different. I'm guessing, Marcus, when you played, they played Fayetteville and Little Rock, did they not? They did. Red-white games? Yeah. Sure, yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. in, fair, in fairness, if there's no red-white game, there is no red-white game Hall of Fame. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like that's where you make your mark in life. Yeah. Because I, I can remember, and you, I'm sure you do too, Trey, guys that in the spring you're thinking, man, this guy's going to help them. And in the fall, you never even hear their name mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, who, who? so thinking about spring games, guys, what are some of the best performances you can remember? Some of the great performances? Yeah, that and, I remember in the spring, from the spring game. Any spring game, going all the way Mike back. Mike Woods had a pretty good one a uh, year before, or last year, I guess. He, had pretty, he caught two touchdown passes. <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Forrest Gump. He ran out of the end zone and never yep. came back. Never came back. <laughs> sure did. Um, but, no, you're right, Marcus. I, I can't. But I do know, you know, it's it's a fun event. And, yeah. you know, they put it on TV. And people yeah. are kind of starved for football uh, at that time. And, you know, it's a, it's a little – it's a small dose uh, to get fans excited, and but, sometimes but you reason. have a great turnout, and kind of compete against other schools in the conference to see who can turn out the most fans, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's about it, though. But to Marcus's point, the reason there's no Red White Hall of Fame is because nobody can remember what anybody did in those <laughs> games. They don't. They're not that significant. But you know, I don't know if you can. Um, I don't know which is more important: the winter conditioning, or spring football, or both. But consider mm-hmm. Sam Pittman's first year, he had neither because of COVID. The yeah. second year, he had the full deal, mm-hmm. and they went from three wins to nine wins. Is, yeah. is that coincidental, or did it really matter that much? Well, I think, you know, there's obviously staying in a system. Um, you know, you had both your coordinators back. I think that probably played, uh, you know, as big a role as any. And, you know, let's not forget they were three games short of winning six yeah. i mean they had some they very close, close games yeah and you know they had some close ones last year too and they came out on the right side of those um not all of them the, you know, miss, the old miss, the old miss right. game is you know, yeah is an example where they didn't but um you know like mississippi state you know they came out on the right side of that one so um i think it's just you know being in that system and you know getting bigger i think you know say a guy like myron cunningham you know he gained a ton of weight and got up to like 325, 330 pounds. I've got to imagine that carrying that amount of weight, you know, when you're going from 293 up to that, I've got to imagine that carrying that weight in year two is going to be a lot easier than carrying it in year one. You know, you just get more comfortable with it. All kinds of things like that, I think, uh, played a big factor. And and K.J. Jefferson, 
I mean, K.J. Jefferson may <laughs> – like, he's up there as mm-hmm. far as great quarterbacks. And not mm-hmm. that Felipe Franks wasn't good. He was. Um, and Arkansas, I don't think they win three without him. I don't think K.J. was quite ready to take on that responsibility at that time. But, um, I mean, K.J. Jefferson is as good a quarterback as, as Arkansas has had. When you I consider yeah. his efficiency years, rating yep. is yeah. second all time yeah. next to Brandon Allen. And Brandon Allen – did not have 600 rushing yards also. Yeah. I, no, but, I, I agree, Trey. I, I, we, haven't, we haven't seen this in a while. But think about it also, yeah. going back to spring practice, Felipe Franks didn't have it. K.J. Jefferson nope. did. No. So yeah, he what, did. Did it make that much difference? And Felipe Franks maybe didn't need it as much except to adapt right. to a he new team. Right, he was more veteran. Yeah. yeah, but he did need to adapt to a new team, whereas K.J. Jefferson, this was his first year as a starter, so he maybe needed it more. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, yeah, there are plenty of different reasons. I mean, returning a lot of starters on the offensive line, just more experience and, um, you know, adding some key guys in the transfer portal as well in the defense. Well, we'll get to talk more about spring football with Trey Biddy as we go along the rest of this week and next week. Yep. Thanks, Trey, Coming. for today. And we'll be back right. with more Bye, of Drive Time right after this.